This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. My name is Annalise. I am an exercise physiologist and nutritionist here. And Melanie is is here. she's here. She's off the mic today because we have two special guests with us today. Welcome you guys. Double double your refreshment. Oh. Oh sorry. boy. <laughs> You're dating so, yourself, Chris. <laughs> the uh, the voices you're hearing is we have our very own director of positive choice, Chris Heslin. Hello. I'm just so excited to finally be on one of these things. I know. Gosh. I mean, truly, you birthed this <laughs> years ago when we were just the virtual forum. Remember that? Yeah. Gosh. Seems like we were just kids back then. Well, now well, we're babies. now we're in the big podcast leagues with mics and headphones. I don't even know. It's kind of it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy you can finally experience it with us. Thanks for having me. Finally. <laughs> and then we also have Scott Payne with us today. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you, Annalise and everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Love positive choice and love everything that you guys stand for. So it's a pleasure. Yes. And so, Scott, you are a leadership development consultant, and it looks like you have a big background in psychology. Yeah, actually, um, I I wish I had a sexier story on how I got into psychology. Uh, The only reason I originally got into psychology is because I was told that when I was in college, I wouldn't have to take a foreign language. But they changed that, and I had to take a foreign language. But I love psychology, and uh, yeah, uh, it's probably knowing and understanding human behavior helps me understand myself better, and I'm just fascinated by how humans behave. Right? Yeah. I mean, what we see every day, day in and day out at work and in life, it's just, again, it's fascinating how crazy we are. It makes me wonder, like, what's Scott's thinking yeah, when okay. every time I'm hanging out with him? Oh, I, could, I would take a notes, Chris. I got a notebook uh, for, on you, and we're going to sit down one day and just go through it. <laughs> oh, boy. And just so everybody knows, so Chris is not also uh, just the director. He's also an exercise physiologist and a certified nutrition specialist. And anything, anything else? Any specialties? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Those are my passions, nutrition, the, the science, and the, uh, the practice of eating healthy, plant-based, of course. Um, I'm a vegan, but I just like telling people to eat more plants. Um, and then, of course, exercise. The physiology of exercise has always been a passion of mine. Um, and then with positive choice, it's really the whole, the whole deal, right? It's not just about exercise and, and eating healthy. It's about taking care of your mind and taking care of your body and, you know, all these things that go into it, which is why this place is so special. So I'm just happy to be on this podcast. Yes. And we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of put those things together today because we're going to dive into resiliency 
And I, I think this is such a pointed, poignant topic for right now because we have all been going through this pandemic and going through changes in life and expectations and healthcare and all of that. And I think resiliency is something that determines how well we do during, during those changes. So Scott, tell, tell us a little bit, like what is resiliency? Yeah, I, I, great question, and, and I've and I've got to say too, Annalise, that this has been I, I would say in the last definitely four to six months, probably one of the topics that I've been talking the most about because we've been struggling, you know, as a society in general with all the changes that have happened over the last year, and if if people ever needed to tap in to their resiliency, it would be now. And one of the things I will say about why I love this topic is because it, it's a great reminder to folks that resiliency isn't a fixed state. It's not like you either have it or you don't. It's something you can build. And so what I really hope uh, today might do for folks is to start thinking about their own level of resiliency and start looking at ways they can build it before the next adverse event takes place or before the next barrier that they might face or they will face in their life uh, creeps up on them. And what resiliency is in a nutshell, a nutshell, <laughs> nutshell <laughs> is uh, just your, um, your, your speed and ability to recover after uh, an adverse situation. So it doesn't mean that when something bad happens, it doesn't affect everyone, though it may affect you differently. Uh, what it really tells us is how quickly can you recover and kind of get back up to speed after that event happens. So really tapping into your ability to look at your own wellness and examine that. Um, so yeah, it's really something that we can continue to build and you should be building it before adverse events happen. And then it goes with kind of everyday stuff too. I feel like I'm always teaching this with, with my classes around, you know, developing new health behaviors and getting out of that all or nothing thinking. There's a little bit of resiliency too of like, you know, something disrupts your schedule, something disrupts your healthy eating pattern. There is that basic resiliency of like, am I going to be like, well, I'll just give up on this and we'll start another week from now. Or am I just going to get right back on track? Yeah, I, I love that you said that because it is something that I had to learn for myself, for my own resiliency, that it, it really, it's about self-awareness and you have to be in a present state of mind to be even recognizing that you're being tested, so to speak. And for me, it actually came down to at every moment asking myself, is this the best decision I can make right now? So you were saying before, one of my biggest struggles when it comes to uh, health and wellness is around eating. And, you know, I, I, I like to dabble in, in snack cakes and things on occasion, <laughs> which I, I shouldn't admit. But um, the point is, is that I have to ask myself every time that, can, do I have the strength to say, is there a better choice? And I'll be happy to tell Chris that uh, last night I ate an apple instead of <laughs> <laughs> succumbing to uh, you know anything else but something that was plant-based. So it really is about day-to-day uh, -day and making that choice every day to push forward, get off the couch, 
spread some joy, you know, do something that's going to make you feel better because one of the foundations for well-being is, uh, is around um, uh, positive emotions and thinking. So we have to train ourselves. And when we're not there, how do we get ourselves out of that loop of negative thinking that you were talking about? So excellent point. Well, congratulations on choosing the apple. It, Scott, it was good too. It makes me, makes me feel good that I was in your ear whispering. You were. Don't do it. I thought of you. I Eat swear. The apple. I swear. I thought of you, Chris. <laughs> I, I mean, I just uh, this topic. It's interesting to me because you know resiliency isn't necessarily a new topic, right? I mean, it's we've been we've been talking about this at least in positive choice for since I've been working here, which is I'm not going to date myself but for many years, and it's always been a, a main topic in any of our wellness programs because uh, at the end of the day, we can't get rid of stress, right? Absolutely, There's st yeah. Stress is going to happen, and it's, uh, it's a, a normal human response to, um, to react certain ways, in certain ways of stress, right? But what we can train, and I like that you said um, that it's not a fixed state resiliency, what we can do is train ourselves to respond in a more positive way. Um, to these stressors. And with COVID happening, and I don't like to use the cliche, look at the silver lining of COVID, and you know, I, th I feel like that's overused, but I feel like one thing that COVID did for us is it redirected our focus on resiliency because it's almost a tool of survival. You know, it has become that in this last year. I mean, if you weren't working on your resiliency throughout this past year, then you probably had a lot harder time um, getting through what we've been through in this last year, right? So I think uh, with, uh, with resiliency, everybody reacts differently. And a lot of that comes from, you know, how you've been brought up, you mm -hmm. know, past experiences in your upbringing um, what, um, can dictate whether or not you have a positive outlook, you know, or a negative outlook on things. Um, and I think so people need to realize that it's not a bad thing if you react negatively, you know, it's something that you can work on and there are tools to help people work on their resiliency. Everybody can be working on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things you, you bring up a great point, Chris, cause um, you know, I try to remind folks all the time about when they're going through adverse situations or events um, that it's not the emotion that's the problem. You know, you were saying, you know, about the last year and what it's done and, and, and people having to kind of dig into their resiliency. Uh, but what's really interesting is, you know, I want people to remember that it's not the emotion that they're feeling is the problem. Anxiety, anger, uh, when you talked about stress, that exists for a reason. It's telling our bodies, our minds something. Something's not right. Course correct. Do something. Where the problem comes from, and you also know this from uh, 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 for what you do at Positive Choice, is that it's what you decide to do with those feelings. And Annalise, you were mentioning that too about the day-to-day -day when we're struggling and we're feeling a certain way, we still have the power of choice. And resiliency is really based in that, that you have to make a decision at this point on which direction you're going to go. And, and I would never criticize anyone for their decisions because that's a personal choice. However, I want them to really be thinking about what's going to help them get to the other side of this because that's the only direction you can go with an adverse event. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck 
and we know what happens when you get stuck. You deal with that on a physical level and a health level. I deal with that sometimes on a, you know, a psychological and emotional level. You deal with an emotional level too, but people get stuck and they can't get out of it. And that's where you see depression, general malaise coming from, people breaking habits of eating and not exercising uh, because they, at that point they let the emotion take over and their choice got overly impacted by that as opposed to um, embracing the emotion as a way of telling me something. It's a bit of data that I've got to do something differently. And a lot of people just don't recognize that. And, and we all do. And that's when we get stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, too, to acknowledge <laughs> that, especially with you know what Chris was saying about being kind of overly positive about things, there's, there's a time to grieve and process as well, especially you know if you have a quite big event it's perfectly okay that you're not, you know, in that moment being like, it'll be fine. Like that, that's really, that's not what resiliency is. No, you, no. you are allowed to have your moments of like acknowledging. And I think that goes into what you talked about, which was that, that self-awareness being the first part. And sometimes we do need to be in a grieving process or a processing process, but then we have to know when that has to end to be productive. I guess. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, this is, this would be a great uh, thing for anyone in our audience to think about is, you know, it, for especially traumatic events when resiliency is so important, you know, I think people will probably be dealing with that throughout their lives. And it, uh, I saw a Ted talk once on resiliency. Um, uh, I've seen it multiple times. It's great. It's by a, um, a, a researcher named Lucy Hone, H-O-N-E. She does a wonderful TED Talk on resiliency. And, and she went through a very traumatic event, and that's why she kind of came up with her philosophies and her tips on getting through this. But one of the things she realized is that she had to realize when to unpack it so she could deal with it, like you were saying, and when to put it back away. And I thought that was really important because it is something because we can keep building it to know when it's not serving us well to have it exposed and when it needs to kind of just be put away so you can kind of go on with your life. And then when the time is right or you have the right support system, people around you to re-examine that and uh, just determine where your head and your heart is at that moment with that situation. So it, it, for some, it might be just ongoing, but that's the beauty is we can keep building it. We won't exhaust our ability to, keep, to, to, to build our resiliency. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people subscribe to this, this false notion that there's a certain prescription to follow to be more resilient that works for everybody. And like I said, everybody reacts differently. You know, people have different levels of, um, of negative thoughts um, in response to traumatic events. And again, that's just because as humans, we are all different and unique. Um, I think one thing that is helpful for anybody, regardless of, of how you're wired, is there's, and you mentioned it earlier, Scott, there's always a choice that you can make that can help build your resiliency. And there's so many different things. I mean, some people do better by focusing on exercise or movement. Other people do better with um, talking to somebody and reaching out. 
that might not re work for somebody else that isn't that type of person, you know? So I think really find out what tiny habit you can do to help begin building your resiliency. And I think that's a great place to start, but people need to understand um, that what might work for me <clears throat> as that tiny habit might not work for Scott or Annalise, you know, or Melanie. It's different, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, Chris, you're absolutely right. And I, I love the whole concept of the tiny habits. And, and we've been I've been learning more about them through uh, Positive Choice uh, with the uh, Wellness Academy, which is excellent. Uh, but one of the things that I, I incorporated as part of my philosophy around that is tiny habits in my life, even related to resiliency, making that choice to say, should I sit on the couch and kind of you know, languish in my sadness or, which is something I did recently uh, as one strategy was I reached out to someone and connected with a friend and brought them some joy. And it was amazing what it did to turn my whole demeanor around. And I was like, wow, that was so easy. But at the moment, it was so hard to make that decision not to just want to lie somewhere or cover my head with the, the sheet. So the tiny habit thing, Chris, I think is so critical. And I can't thank Positive Choice enough for even just teaching me that because I I've literally have asked myself that question almost at every moment throughout the day. Uh, and this actually came from Lucy Hone, one of her strategies. She'd have to ask herself, is this helping me or is this hurting me? As opposed to, is this good or bad? Because there was judgment. So she just had to know, was this helping me at this moment? And if the answer was no, I need to move on. Or, you know, uh, or, or did I say helping or hurting? If it's hurting me, move on. If it's helping you, stay in it. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, I think those tiny habits are key because then it doesn't seem so overwhelming, right? Like yeah. you said, just introduce, you know, when you talk about uh, eating, eating healthfully, like just eat more, um, one more piece of fruit today. And that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And it's interesting. I find that it's taking that first step so that and this is a question for you, Scott, when you were sitting on the couch and all you wanted to do is, would you call it languish in your, in your sorrow or whatever you were calling it, but something happened in your brain to say, you know what, I'm going to at least explore um, reaching out to somebody. And you probably went through the thought process of, of weighing the pros and cons and something made you do it. So what was that that pushed you to actually commit to that action? Well, and you know, it's actually something that Annalise said, which is one of my favorite terms around self-awareness, you know, that, pre that state of presence of being present at that moment and being able to recognize how my body or what was my stress response to that decision of wanting to lay on the couch, because it was a stress response. And even though I thought at the short term, it was going to make me feel better, it actually was causing me more anxiety. And the only reason I was able to recognize that because I was in the moment, or as Annalise said, you know, that having that self-awareness. And once you have that, it's kind of uh, uh, related to that uh, famous saying, I believe it's Maya Angelou says, which, when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment, I had that awareness and that knowledge. I, I couldn't stay on the couch. Like it was too in my consciousness for me to ignore that. 
And, and so it was about recognizing what it was making my body feel like first because I hadn't gotten to rational thought yet. I was still in the, I guess, the, the limbic system, yeah. which uh, puts feeling and emotion around stimuli. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way I was able to get out of that was that state of mind and that presence, because I was stuck. I yeah. was, uh, as we call it, emotionally hijacked. Mm. So do you think that step one of kind of gaining more self-awareness <clears throat> might be some simple check-in questions? Yes. To start with? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is really that simple. There's there's great checking questions, but I'll um uh there's a technique that we've taught our our leaders and, and employees at Kaiser Permanente about self-awareness and it's something called labeling. And what it is is it's about um we we walk them through a a um kind of a, um an activity where we're going through a scenario and showing of a a photo of someone's feet dangling off a cliff. And what we ask them to do as they're looking at this photo is start to tap into where they're feeling that in their body. You know, we all, you know, when we get, have that stress response, our body, again, because of the limbic system, will feel it first. We'll feel it somewhere in our stomach, a knot in our stomach or tenseness in our jaw. And so what we try to teach folks is you're going to feel it first when you're under any kind of duress before you can make sense of it. So how do you begin to recognize each one of us individually? Because Chris said earlier, we're all so different. What might work for someone else is not going to work for another person. But as they go through this activity and we get them to identify where they feel it, then I say, okay, there's your, there's your, um, there's your signal. There's your, there's your body telling you, uh, and I'll date myself here from that show in the late 60s, it was called Lost in Space, where this robot, <laughs> whenever the robot uh, sensed danger, it would just start flailing its arms and say, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger. And that's what our body is doing. It's telling us that there's something not right. And so you'll feel it first. And then that way it gives you that pause and that moment to hopefully get it into the neocortex so you can say, what's going on here? What should I do? Why am I feeling angry? Oh, I shouldn't throw that chair. That's not appropriate, you know? (laughs) Whereas opposed to, like I said, what we get emotionally hijacked and we eat that piece of cake because we're feeling sad or or we yell at someone or we get short-tempered or we let the emotion because of that adverse situation take a hold of us and now we've kind of lost all our sense of reasoning, decision making, et cetera. So yeah, it's it's really about going into what does it feel like in your body when you start going away from center or your balance? You bring up a great point. I think it all, a lot of it starts with awareness. And so sometimes people ask, you know, how do I improve my resiliency? That's the question we get. And where do I start? You know, I, I just can't deal with stress very well. and I think you hit the nail on the head. Instead of me saying, hey, you know, you should eat better or you should exercise if you're stressed or, you know, you should reach out to somebody. I think it starts with being aware of your body's reaction and how it reacts to stress. Because if you're not aware of your own body's physiological responses to stress, like you just said, you know, you'll feel it in your gut. You know, for me, I feel like my my brain is going to you know, explode because it starts getting really hot when somebody like, you know, upsets me or whatever. Um, So I've had to learn my own responses and what those are so that I can actually be aware of them. And then I can open up, 
I can pause, I can open up my toolkit of resiliency tools, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then put them to work. But those that toolbox is worthless if you don't have awareness of your own self, because that's different for everybody. You know, the way that you feel when you are um, under duress or under a stressful traumatic uh, or respond to a, responding to a, a stressful traumatic event, you know? Well, let's, let's throw this out to the audience that might be listening because, you know, what you were asking, Annalise, is, you know, getting that self-awareness. Let's take a moment to pause at one point uh, throughout this day, folks, and think about what are those things that trigger you? What are those things that might cause a stress response or emotional reaction in you? Uh, what we, you know, self-awareness is as simple as taking the time to reflect. And in this crazy busy world we live in and environment we work in, we don't always take those moments. And that's when it starts to build up in folks and you see kind of outbursts that, are, that can happen. It's, it's based on exhaustion, based on being in that elevated stress response over time, that fight or flight, right? And we burn out. We can't, we can't, we're not, supposed, we're not meant to be there for the long term. It, that fight or flight was a short term um, it's a short-term um, solution or response uh, that helps us as human beings make adjustments in the short term. Um, so it really is, our, how, do you take time, two minutes, five minutes, whatever minutes per day, to think about your day, to think about how you responded, to think about what are those things that matter to you where you're grateful, where the things that might feel make you feel down. And that's really where self-awareness begins at. Um, it's just taking that time to be still. It's interesting because I had a, I had a, I woke up this morning and I had a, uh, an email right away. First thing I opened up my email this morning and which you, I probably shouldn't be doing, but, um, and it rubbed me the wrong way and I could feel my blood pressure rising and I, I already had the response just, you know, working itself up in my head and it Steve was not coming out of your ears. It was not, right, Chris? And like the response that was working up in my head was not going to be a, a, a helpful response. It was all about vengeance to this email and how can I, you know, how can I return the evilness that this email brought to me? That's what my, wow. and so this is the fight or flight response. This is that sympathetic nervous system going haywire, which we all, you know, we all experience when something upsets us or stresses us out, um, what I was able to do, and this is something that I've worked on um, personally because I feel, I've, I've found that this has helped me, is to stop and take three deep breaths. And you guys have probably already heard this. It's nothing new, but not just taking three deep breaths, but focusing on the exhalation part and making sure that that is longer as it, with each breath. And, you know, there is some science behind, you know, that sort of um, balances out that sympathetic overdrive with the parasympathetic system I'm getting technical now but which is your rest and recovery response and for me that does a couple of things physiologically it brings my heart rate and my blood pressure back down it also gives me a few moments to think before I react and so after the three breaths breaths were done I was able to regroup mentally and then draft a well thought out email to this uh, to this individual um, and you know, it, it, it hopefully is going to be a much better result than it would have been if I would have just fired off, you know, from the hip, um, like I would have, but, uh, you know, we call that our, our stop challenge and choose moment. Exactly. Yes. Or I even refer to it sometimes as the rubber band moment. Like 
like you know when like they used to do uh, what was it smoking uh, uh, like right. sensation yeah. type stuff where you'd snap a rubber band on your wrist or whatever but it is you know when you think about self-awareness and, and being able to be present it's what is going to make you take that pause mm-hmm. is it the rubber band on your wrist is it you know, we call it stop challenge and choose like stop challenge your thinking and potentially choose a different course of action a simple model but i can't tell you how many times that has saved me out in the world where like you chris i i not to i was raised by a full italian mother so emotion (laughs) runs high in me not to blame moms out there love my our moms Uh, but it reminds me how quickly i can get triggered and i think a lot of us out there listening have our trigger points And again, for me, it came down to what's the legacy and the reputation I want to leave. And I don't want certain behaviors or reactions to adverse events or situations to now define how people see me. And this is all learned skills, right? I mean, we we get better the more the more we practice it. We get better at that self-awareness. We get better at like slowing down our reaction to things. So. I think you mentioned like the the non-judgment. I think that that's so important when you're first starting too, is like expect that, you know, if you're just starting to pay attention to what you're thinking and what you're feeling and you miss it and you make a bad decision, as long as you catch it somewhere, you're starting with that practice of, of acknowledging what you're feeling. And then, you know, years later, you get much better at, yeah, at much catching better yourself better. faster. And I think it's the same thing with our resiliency tools, right? Absolutely. Be, here, like, there, here's a simple thing. I, I say this all the time. Be kind to yourself, folks. There's not a person that's either listening to this or, or even myself or Chris and Annalise or anyone that does this type of work we all will mess up. We're all gonna have those moments where we don't always show up or handle things or behave in a way that's exactly aligned with our values or or our our legacy. That's normal, folks. It's part of the, the human condition. We all experience that. Again, resiliency isn't about that you won't be affected by the adverse event. Again, it's about your speed and ability to recover after that adverse event. So even if you initially have not the best reaction, which we could go back and forth all day about stories where I messed up out there, you know, I've got a ton if anyone ever wants to hear them. But the point is, is that, you know, you, the only way you're going to get through that is first, you got to forgive yourself if you're beating yourself up because it's not leaving you in the right state of mind to even deal with the stuff that is more complex, which might be like you were saying earlier, Annalise, like a really traumatic event or something that really causes a setback. So kindness, folks, forgiveness of yourself. Again, if you can't do it for yourself, it's going to be hard to do it for others. So uh, just something I really want you to think about. Yeah, kindness. That's a great point. I think um, it starts with um, valuing yourself to even put forth the effort to work on your resiliency. Mm -hmm. Resiliency doesn't come for free, you know, and like I said, everybody's a little different. Everybody has their, you know, their their stories of how they were brought up, you know, and, and some people, like I said, are wired more to have a positive outlook more so than others. But I think regardless, everybody has the opportunity to to work on the resiliency, but it starts with valuing yourself enough 
to to spend time and energy doing that. And, um, you know, and like you said, Scott, you have to be able and willing to forgive yourself for being human. You know, I mean, if you are perfect, then you are not human. So um, and then so starting with that and then, of course, having building your toolkit for things that you can do to improve your resiliency. I mean, that there is so much out there. Right. It's just a matter of, um, of deciding to take advantage of it. You know, there's virtual wellness tips um, for nutrition and exercise all over the place on our website and everywhere. There's, you know, there's there's people to reach out to for most people, you know, and if you don't have that, there are resources where, you know, um, you can call a hotline. There's there's a lot there's a there's a wealth of resources. I think what a lot of times people have trouble doing is making the choice to access those resources. Right. And then that starts with valuing yourself to make that choice. Right. And then it all comes back down also to awareness, you know, awareness of how you tick, what makes you tick, when you need to focus on your resiliency and what works best for you. Yeah, there's an interesting uh, uh, model out there, Chris, because you were talking about how it's different, you know, for every individual and, you know, what might make the difference in, in helping you through that. And there's a model that we talk about a lot um, uh, here at Kaiser Permanente. It's the PERMA model, P-E-R-M-A. And that's just an acronym. Well, and it's uh, by a gentleman uh, named uh, uh, Martin Seligman. He's kind of the father of positive psychology. So if you anyone wants to do more research on Martin Seligman, uh, definitely check him out. But the PERMA model just stands for the P is, um, you know, um, uh, positive emotions. You know, and it's not like, oh, everything's happy, but it's about focusing on those times and those situations that create positivity in you. Uh, again, just sometimes thinking about it helps to shift. Um, uh, the E is for engagement. You know, how do you stay connected to life, connected to the things that are important to you? How do you stay engaged in your health, your wellness, your relationships? Um, uh, R was for um, uh, positive relationships. You just mentioned that, Chris, you know, about seeking others to give you that support or maybe just that uplift or just to know that you're not alone. That, that's huge. And um, P-E-R-M, <laughs> M is meaning, I know, see, I like, you know, it's kind of like walking and chewing gum. I can't do it. I'm like P-E-R-M-M. -M. Oh, what's M? <laughs> M, is, M is having meaning in your life. We all need meaning, right? And then A is for um, accomplishments, you know, feeling accomplished, achievement, mm. um, which is huge. And again, it's just a model, but hopefully what it does is if people think about those five areas, start examining how are my, 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 my genuine, what are my authentic, genuine relationships? What am I doing to maintain those? How do I stay engaged in certain things in my life that are important to me, like eating well, exercising? Um, so yeah, it's just a wonderful model and it's just a guide. It's just a guide. There's other things that you can be thinking about as well, but it's a guide to remind you that you can be building this and you can build it through accomplishment, through relationships, et cetera. Fantastic. Well, you guys, we have come to the end. What? We're just no. getting started. I know. Wait. I know. No. Of chapter one. We'll yeah. be back. Wait, no. You all heard it. Chris said he'll be back. 100%. <laughs> well, okay. So if you guys had 
one thing to offer somebody who is listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I want, I want to be more resilient. I, I want to do this. What's something, what's something simple that they could do today to start cultivating that? That is a good question. I'll let you go first. Scott. Yeah, no, <laughs> thanks for us. <laughs> uh, I think there's, there's two things that, that I would say you can start doing right away. And the first thing we already talked about is the kindness to yourself. It's, it is about a self-love, and I know that sounds a little, you know, ethereal, and you know, but it really is true, folks, that, that you have to start putting yourself in the mind frame or the, the state of mind about, you know, positivity about yourself, because resiliency is about creating positive thoughts and actions and things like that. So it has to start with you. Self-awareness starts with you. So kindness and forgiveness has to start with you. And I think the other thing is, which is a very easy strategy um, we talked about earlier as well, is taking five minutes today to reflect on your day and think about at least one thing you're proud of today for yourself. Yes. And it can be small, but there's got to be something you're proud of, even if it wasn't, I didn't eat that cupcake. That is something, and I and I can't tell you folks how many times that has helped me. The simplest things like, I made my bed today, I feel good. <laughs> it, it makes a difference. So those would be the two things, Annalise, that I would say you could do right now is be kind to yourself and take five minutes today to reflect on one thing you're proud of. Oh, I love it so much. That gratitude, that gratitude, feeling good. Yep. Yes, game changers. Game changer, thank you, yep. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into what I was thinking, all the things that Scott said, but also um, taking inventory. You know, I did a wellness tip a few months ago for the leadership for Kaiser Permanente, and we talked about leveraging your strengths. Um, too many times as humans, we tend to focus on fixing things that we don't do well. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot harder to do that, to wrap your head around, okay, I gotta fix this. It's more work. Why not take inventory, and take a look at the things that you do well. Naturally, Annalise naturally might be a great exerciser. You're just fit. That's something that you've always been good. I'm just making, I mean, you are a good exerciser. You know, I know you are, you're fit. But, um, you know, so rather than focusing on something that she's maybe not performing well in, in her life, how about focusing on exercising as one of your pieces in your toolkit? Because you're already doing it well. It just bolsters your confidence um, and so it's just kind of flipping the script because a lot of times we figure out, we're always thinking about what we're doing wrong and how mm -hmm. we can fix that. Focus on what you're doing well. And it starts with taking inventory. And then, of course, with everything that Scott said, you know, of um, treating yourself well and, and valuing yourself. To, well, um, it reminds you of the, the, the awesome gifts that each one of us has to bring, Chris, when you focus on your strengths. So that, I, I love that. It really does remind each of us that we have unique and special gifts we bring. And if you don't realize what they are, come talk to me or Chris or Annalise or anyone and we'll we'll help you we'll help you get there. But it's it's realizing that you are special and why not treat yourself as such. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, topic. right. See I'm setting us up for <laughs> focusing your Chris. Yeah. Coffee talk with Scott Coffee and Chris. Coffee talk with Scott and Chris. <laughs> I could give you my best Rhode Island accent. You all set to talk, Chris? Yeah, yeah buddy. You know, yeah, let's buddy, go. You know what's coming now. I have a feeling this part will be edited. Yeah, out. That's probably. Okay. That's all right. Oh, no. We won't be editing this 
awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining us. I thought, what a fabulous uh, bit of information to, to pass on to people, and I think so valuable. So I hope you guys will come back. Absolutely. I'd love to. This was super fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Remember to like and subscribe, share. Um, and if you are listening to this on our YouTube channel, feel free to add comments, questions, and we will happily answer them on future episodes. All right. So until next time. Thank Bye -bye, you. Everyone. Bye. Thank you. Stay, stay, stay well.